Um, Nish, Nisha, hey, Jeff, Jeff, Nisha. Hi, Nisha. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Very first, so we're very honoured to have you as our guest. Glad to be here, guys. With, with Nisha, what I know of Nisha is that she has her own beauty salon in Barkingside, and you're making, they would say, is did you do make hair, beauty, yeah. hair, hair yeah. beauty, and beauty. you've been in business. MUA. The name of the company is The Beauty Room. Beauty Room London. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I've been doing The Beauty Room London since 2000, and um, I would say probably for myself since about 2012. Um, before that, also I was coming up to a decade. Yeah, so before that, it was always um, it was just something I did on the side whilst I was still studying that, just to make money, like a little hustle on the side. And it wasn't until yeah, uh, 2012, and that I thought, do you know what? This I need. I want to do this um, full time, work for myself, be my own boss, that kind of thing. So yeah, right. what we it were must da- have been hard this lockdown, then, isn't it? Because opening, so closing, opening, closing. Right, it's hard. Like it was stress. It was especially this this industry that I'm in. It was it was mad. Yeah, because you're you barbers. Yeah, literally, um, a lot of like where I can now. Yeah, a lot of places like that have been affected this year. Yeah, a lot of like, I think, like hair and beauty, especially hair and beauty, it was like the forgotten industry almost. Um, in- so to get to know Nisha a bit, so with the word association game, which yeah. we have practiced already earlier, I've done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You practiced it, nice. Um, I found somewhere. She come prepared. She come prepared. We. <laughs> So what I'm going to do, we're going to ask 15 questions. Yeah. And it's a word association, the name of the podcast, begin with the end. So I'm going to begin okay, cool. it. Yeah. Have a word, you end it. All right, uh, wicked. Whatever comes closest to you. All right, wicked. So the first word is lamb. Food. Glowing. Skin. Red. Colour. Strategy. Thinking. Sinister. Dark evilness. Close or close. Uh, friends. Friends. Mm, Rain. Weather. Deep. Thoughts. Uh, support. Family. There's a bit of a lag on that website, isn't there? Because I thought this is a quick fire round. This is going quite... It's, not, it's this connection. I might as well be on free or something. <laughs> She's on. Uh, game. Um, it's chill. Unjust. It's not fair. I don't know. Cool. No, that was it. Earth. Nature. Wrong. Unjust. Wrong. And finally is divine. God. Oh, and it's the same as you got last time. Well done. It wasn't a flick. So <laughs> you're descriptive and open-minded. You are that in touch it. with your emotions. And you have no problems identifying things. And you're calling them out for what they are. You're talkative and very perceptive of the world around you. Cool. So that now we know a bit more about you. Yeah. You're, so I'm going to just, in a nutshell, so you're descriptive and open-minded. Would you agree with that? I think so yeah i like to think that yeah um so what we're gonna do we're gonna start from the childhood so obviously the show being you know beginning and the end let's let people know where you're from um you're obviously from london from the accent well that's debatable because, because i feel like i am very east london but my postcode is essex all right so you're from barkingside okay i am yeah so how was it growing up in barkingside um do you know what? Barkingside has changed a lot, like everywhere, most everywhere in London. But Did yeah, you say it's gentrified now. Um, not so much. How you you know when you think of gentrified, it's not that. It's basically growing up. It was very um, predominantly English, and now you have Asians there. And I had mixed remarks. How, how long? How long have we go? Be talking like nineties, 
literally I was born. No, that's fine. I'm li- I was literally in '88, so um, since then. So back then, it was quite whitewash, you'd say. Very, like literally, it was racist, like super. <laughs> um, so Nish, your yeah. your ethnicity was you're Indian. Yeah. And so an Indian, and may I ask your faith? What you? So I grew up in um, my fam- my background's Hindu. So my parents are both Hindu. So, and do you, do you like in terms of having that? In terms of, I would say, is that a kind of clash when you was in Pakistan predominantly? Do you know what? I think area? any person that grew up in that era, like that time, that was um, not Christian white, I probably had a clash at some point because obviously I went to a primary school that was, it was actually a Jewish primary school. Yeah, Claudia. Massive. Yeah, so basically, yeah, no, of course, because like the majority of my friends were either English or Jewish. Um, I didn't really have any anyone that was like literally no one in my year was ethnic, Indian or anyone from like the South Asian background or anything. So yeah, I mean it yeah, you did you get those moments where people didn't really understand the concept of Hindu gods. And idols. So yeah, it was always a bit. It was a bit, you know, uncomfortable growing up having to explain that, or having your non-Hindu friends come round and just see like this mini statues mm. about and stuff. Like yeah, it was. It was. Um, it, yeah, it was. A, it's a culture sort of like yeah, 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 culture class. That's the word I'm looking for. And then when you go home and it's like that's yeah, your family exactly. Again. There's no. Well, that's a good mm. thing. I tell my mum about Hanukkah and, and Rosh Hashanah and all that, and she's like, what? No, it's not Hanukkah. It's Hanuman. <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally, literally. Cool. All right. So, how, <laughs> were you, how many were there? So, I um, I've got two brothers. So I'm middle child. Okay. I'm older brother and younger brother. Um, cool. All right. I that. So, obviously, we've been talking about your beliefs, your your whole family um, mm. growing up. Um, has any of that, you know, um, has any of that influenced your, you know, when you were a child, what you wanted to do when you were older? Like, what would have been your dream job when you were a child? Um, would any of you know your growing up um, any of the things factors from like your that's religion? Interesting question, but religion made me want to do what I wanted. Like, your, I think your religion, I think your religion or the way you've been raised, like your upbringing and stuff, um, it kind of it will mould your core personality. Like, it's the certain fundamental things that I've been taught as a child through religion and culture is what's always stuck by me. But in terms of um, has it impacted? Or has it made an influence on what I'm doing, career-wise? Not so much, nah. Culture probably has because being from an Indian background, you're kind of you grew up in that whole kind of hair and beauty, beautifying yourself at home, natural product kind of thing. So that was always like something that I had an interest in, and I had been taught since a young age. But no, not really. There was not like a direct link between the two. No. Did you say say like when you was in beginning primary school? where people like, I want to be an astronaut or footballer. What was your, what was your desire? So I've always been quite creative. So I've always like, like I'd love to have like made, um, gone down like more of an artsy kind of route if it was making money at the time. Okay. And and stuff like that. So, um, so it was always trying to be like, well, I want to be my own boss. Kind of thing. A... Yeah. I mean, at one point, like, I mean, things changed at one point I wanted to be a journalist. Do you know what I mean? So it was, it did change over time in that, but I think working for myself was probably something that I, um, I just, yeah, it was something that I thought, you know, I wanted to be my own boss and that kind of thing. I think from a young age, maybe being middle child and that, you kind of like the forgotten one, isn't it? Kind of thing. I would true, they say that, don't oh, they? Middle child gets left out. Yeah, oh, right, okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Would you say? Middlesbrough? I see a lot of that actually. Oh, I'd like say I see that in my sister. Yeah. And I see I see that in my own daughter. She's quite confident. She's quite sassy. Yeah. She knows what she wants. She, uh, she's not afraid to be rude. She yeah. don't want to talk to yeah. anyone. She won't talk yeah. to anyone. I think you need to, or you are kind of just. And how about being the f- the only female in the in the litter? I think the only thing. Is oh that, yeah, that. Especially again, coming back from being of a South Asian background. Um, you were kind of like, there was one rule for the girl, one rule for the boys kind of thing growing up. Mm. So I think that also um, played a part in wanting to work for myself and have my own identity and, you know what I mean, that kind of independence and stuff. It was a lot more harder for me, I think, with what I wanted to do in that, you know, mm. the female thing and stuff. But I think a lot of women yeah, makes sense. background, ethnic background, sorry, and that can probably relate to a certain extent. You know, girls are kind of like made to, they treat you different. Yeah. As in, like, less on the pedestal. Yeah, and more on a um, kind of just like, not a bay, but kind of just like, you can't really. In those days, it was like a normal thing for women to be associated with like domestic life, weren't it? Yeah, for real. Okay. I mean, don't get. I mean, you, like, you still get some people who still believe that. Yeah, like, <laughs> literally. literally. Um, yeah. Well, good. You break the mold. That's the, that is. Yeah, for sure. That's, and that's. that's that's what's happening right now, like, and I'm, you know, I hope because I obviously want the best for my daughter, and I don't want her to shy away yeah. from what she does. So, yeah. yeah, I'm definitely for women empowerment. Yeah, you need to break those generational kind of um, stigmas and that that you've got in that, like, oh, women should be in the kitchen, women should, you Gen- know, yeah, gender stigmas yeah, and all that. Sure. It's oh, important. Back on to school then. What's the most embarrassing? We all have an embarrassing story in school. What was your most? What was the one you'd be like? Crap! I need to go get pulled into the earth and swallowed. Swallowed. <laughs> Do you know what? Like, and I'm not even saying That's, this. this is... I'm not even saying this. I, I don't think there was anything that was so like, oh my god, cringe, like what, how, why, kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I know. I can't actually genuinely think of anything. Oh my god, there was actually there was this one boy who like he was like the he was like probably the most like you know like the, the cool kid, everyone fancied him and he was like your typical little you know like he was so good at football, everyone knew his brothers, like his family, like everyone fancied him, fully fancied him, and obviously so did I. And I remember once, um I, I think it was history or something. And we was in like group tables and then we were just sitting there and he was like thick as shit. Like he was, but he didn't have to be clever because he was so popular and so good. <laughs> like, who cares? Like he didn't, he didn't, he didn't even feel like he needed to try. I don't even think he came to school with a pen. And he goes to me, do you know what? Yeah, like um, I don't date Asian girls and stuff, but if I did, you'd be my type. And I was like, I don't know whether to be offended. Was it a compliment? You know, like I was literally the only brown girl in my class. And I was like, I was mesmerised. I was like, oh my God, that's a compliment. No, really, it's racist. He spoke to me. Yeah, like literally, like, oh, I don't date brown people, but if I do, <laughs> you're right, you know. And I don't know, it was just one of those things that, and I was so literally, I think I was in awe. That was the most embarrassing school story. That was like an that embarrassing is, thing. Not even, I've, that's I've, quite a privileged, uh, embarrassing story, to be fair. I've, I've, had, I've had a many few embarrassing stories. And as a child, I was just like, oh my God, that's so but, cool. But no, so that's really, and once, I think it was some boy who made up a racist song. Oh, jeez. Outright. Like, so it was embarrassing. Like, it was actually really traumatic. That's mad. Like, it's embarrassing, yeah. 
and a teacher. It's scary to think how how you know people how lenient people were towards racism yeah, back in those days. And racist jokes were coming every day, man. And it was just out loud in a classroom, and the teacher just fully did nothing. What did you study for higher education? What did you choose GCSE? Did you have like a favorite? Did you have favorite subjects? Yeah, I was uh, history probably. Uh, no, no, I've always been suit and RE. I was always interested in that like, religion um, and that kind of thing. So um, apart from the creative stuff, that's what um, was probably my most um, favourite kind of interesting subject, RE and history, that kind of thing. What about going on to college then? Did you? Yes, yeah, so I went um, sixth form. Which one? I did A-level, so I went Catrum. What area is that? Clayhall, up the road, Barthesside. Okay, yeah, near Ilford. Still IG, yeah. yeah. IG. Um, I, w- I did psychology, sociology and business studies. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. psychology, I did psychology. Yeah, did yeah. Do you learn about uh, Sigmund Freud? Yeah, all of first that. year. Yeah. yeah. But do you know what, right, yeah, I didn't. It was probably, if I could go back, I would never have picked those subjects at all. Mate, psychology, I hated it, to be fair. And I picked sociology because everyone said it's an easy pass. No, mate. That's what I was on at 17. Oh, what's the easy path? Just to get it. Sociology, yeah. And did you know at that point you wanted to get into beauty? Um, no, at that point I didn't know what I wanted to do. But um, I think being brown, my mum just wanted to make sure I went into um, I went to uni. To Actually, I was going to study... Um, I actually applied for economics, but I didn't get the UCAS points. So I had to go for clearing and I got into business management. Same uni, though, so... What uni? You know, Queen Mary's. Oh, you Queen went Mary's. to Queen Mary's. Yeah. So what campus were you in? Oh, no. Myelin, so the Queen's building on, on the actual Bancroft, was it Bancroft Road? Drapers, yeah, that was that was a bit of me. Okay. So the easy central line, straight. Yeah, and I tried to add the audacity to say to my Indian mother, can I live out? And she went, no, you're 20 minutes in the central line. She could beat you down, didn't she? She was Why like, no, you're is? not. Jump on, <laughs> in, jump on the at parking side and go. And I did, and, and, and that was it, yeah. So I was so it was then that I was doing um, hair and beauty on the side. That was like my part time thing. So oh, I was great. doing my A levels, doing hair and beauty. Went to uni, carried on doing that. So I was always in it on the side. Okay, cool. So yeah. that was your passion. My so passion was hair and beauty. Would you say? Would you say that's your first job then? Yeah, uh, no, I, you were doing that. Was... First job was I think I would I tell you this the other day. It was literally I was fifteen years old and I was a waitress at some elite place in um it was some weird like country club but yeah no um yes i was doing hair and beauty on the side so that's when i always knew that that was my thing like, i love doing hair and beauty i went to college on the side and i got my certificate because oh, okay. i wasn't actually i wouldn't have got insured i was working in salons yeah so i was doing that oh, on the side to make money and i was still studying and i remember i had my little beauty trolley and that i used to jump on the central and go to my clients in between like reese witherspoon's uh, and legally blonde <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't fancy as that, but yeah, that's like literally. I was literally. I remember I used to go like had some, you know, bougie rich clients. Then I'd had these kind. I used to like go around and be like, oh, this is gonna. This is like. I remember I had clients like, four seasons. Yeah, literally oh, wow. live in the four seasons. Did your mum know about you wow. at the time? Yeah, she did. She did. Yeah, yeah. She she just knew that I was always working. Yeah, like she didn't. Yeah. Okay, good. So she supported the hustle. Yeah, she would just say it's good that you've got a job and you're doing your thing. Yeah. So you might. What, what would you say? Did your first paycheck come from the waitressing job, or was it from waitressing? You know the stuff. The waitressing. Yeah, waitressing. Because I was fifteen. I remember when I got paid. It was. I think I got paid at five pound an hour. If that even, if it was normal. But that's back in. Remember what your first. 
Do you remember what you first spent your first ever payslip on? Yeah, I wasted it. I got my money and I came home and my mum was going to Tesco. So I was like, I'm coming to Tesco. And then I went to her, I'll get it. And it was like, oh, I remember it was like potatoes. It was like, you know, like you're nice. thing. And my mum. Oh, that's a sick. My child, yeah, yeah. If you really that's so sweet. And she literally, and I remember, because my mum's proper station, she don't really gas me up in that. She was not very like lovey-dovey mum, but I remember she was on the phone to her mate afterwards and she was like dead proud. She was like, my daughter. <laughs> The today, she was absolutely like thing. But to my face, she was like, oh, okay, yeah. What about you? That's nice. That's a cute. Mine is far from that one. So I want to ask Jeff, what was your first? I don't thing? even know if I can. I think it might have been trainers. You know, mine was a bit like. What? what just, just a better trainer. No, it was like Nike. Um, was it Nike Dunks? I think it was Nike Dunks. Uh, okay. What was yours? High top Air Force Ones. All white. <laughs> I bought these baggy white Nike bottoms that looked like um. E17, <laughs> yeah, I bought those. White. <laughs> I went to the Levi shop, white on bought white a white, white Eskimo type jacket, yeah, and I spent looking five like white Power Ranger. And then I walked back into That's work mad. wearing like looking like Eskimo. <laughs> 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 Polar Express. And would I do it again? No, of course I wouldn't. Mad. No, no, anyway. That's mad. Yeah. But no, I'm so. Yeah, in those days, you know, you can you want to spoil yourself because in those days you didn't. You don't have to worry about rent. You got out there saying Nikes and that, and I was like, "I went Tesco shopping." You buying potatoes for your mum? I was like, "I've got this. I've got this, girl." Some spinach. I think you were raised right, man. We were raised in a different. See, this is what I think. Boys are different in a way to, but that yeah, that's a really beautiful story. And I think every boy is gonna say, "Yeah, I bought a pair of trainers, my friend." Yeah, in it. Them Jordans you go. Um. What is your best job then so far? Like, I've, from that time when you're waitressing to doing your beauty work, from there to now, what would you say is the most complete? Like, what makes you happy the most? Like, in, what job was the in best? In terms job? of what I like the most? Yeah. So, um, obviously, hair and beauty, I absolutely love it because it's my passion. You know, I built clientele base and stuff. But do you know what? At one point when I was at uni, I worked at Sainsbury's as well. Um, and it was the worst job ever, actually, but it was the most chill job. Like, you fully just go there and you don't even have to, like, not in no disrespect to people that do work in, in, in like, uh, grocery stores and that, but it's just, like, you don't need to think so much. It's like you go there, it's just, like, you're like robots. Like, literally, like, like and I was an online shopper. And it was just so fully fun because it was, like, everyone that was at uni or, like, college were in my department. And it was just so carefree. I remember it was literally so carefree. Like you go there, you meet the, the I've met like some completely people from all different walks of life. You know, there was like the most craziest people, but amazing people as well. Like it was mad. It was so mad. So so it, that was probably like super fun. Like it was a fun job. But would you do it full time? No. No, it's okay. No, it wasn't. Like this is what I do. Like this I get, I get that. In those days, it's like, when you worked in like retail or supermarket and like you said where you don't have to yeah, do like too much thinking like, yeah, the stress yeah. levels are like down there compared to her where we are now where stress levels yeah. are like yeah like bills and you actually had to pay bills like, yeah yeah you actually had to pay bills you had to pay for travel back in them days when you were 18 you could get the under 18 oyster card in that yeah. or you just like brush like stand behind someone and hold the, the information. Right. yeah you were young enough to just get away with like crossing the barriers isn't it you can't do that nowadays like you, you look like you look really sad yeah. if you do that didn't you a lot have a job like you know when, yeah. they, when you're young young and you just feel like this is jokes like. i didn't want to pay for travel at the same time <laughs> yeah man mine was where was your first job like probably um can't remember working for free too many. in a shop when i was underage when i shouldn't have been working most likely <laughs> But that's 
think it was August, thing. actually. It was August. Sam got me a job in August in Beckton. Sam's my sister. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in Beckton. And I, I used to just dress up as Scooby-Doo and Batman and, and then oh. in the stockroom. And then on top of the lift, start dashing like duvets at <laughs> people walking past collecting orders. That what about you? Mad. What's your <laughs> Like, like you, likewise, my sister helped me get my first job, Anna, uh, and it was in Top. Oh, Top Man. Which is closed down now. RIP Top Man Beckton. Hang tight to Top Man in Beckton, uh, Galleon's Reach. Galleon's Reach. Yeah, I was younger. I was, I was like seven, 17 when I first started working there. It was chill. It was chill. I just worked in, I was basically always in the stockroom. Just... Yeah, like literally, so free mm. and like, oh yeah. Get that discount. Get those spray on jeans. Oh, just skinny jeans, you know. I mean, was there a plan B? That's, that's one thing I need to know, is it? Was there like a, ever a point where you thought, you know, beauty and um, hair and beauty wasn't going to go your way? Was there a, like a backup plan? That's always, there's always going to have that. When you work for yourself and you're, and, and, also, and it's your only source of income, you do always have those constant feelings like, okay, like what happens if this, one day I didn't, I'm not making money from it no more, you know? And I say this to, to people that I meet that are, are not self-employed who you know, have the, I would say, privilege of knowing that they're going to get a salary, a set amount at the end of the month. I don't have that. So mm. I've always got that in the back of my head. So your work, your mind's always like running, like what else can I do? So, um, I'll, you know, like I'll do other things within that industry to try and make money on the side. Like I was reading this article where they say that the average millionaire has seven sources of income and that's the plan. Mm. You can't just have a plan A or even B. Like you need to have a few plans, a few things, going on in the background and stuff um yeah, especially okay. you're, you're self-employed so that worry and that stress of having a plan b is always going to be there it will always be in the back of your head i you think know? that you've hit you've hit a yeah, really good sense. point on that right where and that's something that we are trying to do with this podcast is mm. talk to people who are making something out of nothing and yeah especially coming from east it's a case of kind of like just play with the cards you dealt but it's no, it's yeah. actually let me just put them cards back in and reshuffle and I'll do what I want to do. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the attitude and listening to your story is like it's yeah. like, no, let me break the mold and actually yeah. push through the the barriers that I'm yeah. gonna be in front of. The stereotypes. Like a lot of people know. that yeah. that do have um that are self employed and they do go down that route, they usually have like um and not everyone, like people do have like amazing success stories and stuff, but a lot of people do start off with money to be able to then put into something and then work for themselves and stuff. And I think um, that's great if you have that, but if you don't, it is even more, I think, and that is what gave me the graft and the passion to just, you know, failure was not an option. I wanted to work for myself, but I had no one that was gonna um, pick up the pieces or help me financially or anything do you know what i mean like we all come from like humble beginnings i suppose and, mm. and and i'm sure and when i made the decision to work for myself i knew that i'm i need to look after my mum. i need to do you know what i mean there's certain things that we all need to and it gives you that drive so so sometimes like you say like you know you are dealt with the uh, you are like a product of your environment or you are someone that comes from the same background as whatever so you feel like you might have to work 10 times harder than someone who comes from a, priv a more privileged background or whatever but um all of that kind of it's, it's you your you sometimes you block yourself like, yeah you for real yeah right, or you know? then take all of those mm. negatives and move it into a positive like and that's what gave me the um the strength to want to actually do it and just be like nah i just let me try it and what was the moment you would look back on it and think all right that's where actually everything all of, all this work leading up to this 
I've made it, like, I've made the right choice. What was that time where you look think, shit, this is what I want to do now. I'm so, I'm proud of what I've done. I think um, the fact that, I, I don't know, do you know what? It was like a loads, loads of things were happening at the same time. Like I was working for people. I felt like people took advantage of me. I feel like um, there was times where um, people were taking my kindness for weakness. Um, I knew people that would just, I would be having conversations with people, late night conversations in cars with, with people that I thought were my friends who were literally just taking my ideas and running with them and think, and that's when I thought that, do you know what? I need to stop being, um, I need to stop being so naive. Like, don't stop being a good person, but why am I throwing out all this energy to people and watching them prosper, prosper when, you know, I've got this. People are coming to me asking me for advice and, you know, and all that kind of thing. And that's when I thought, now, do you know what? I've got this. Like, no one's going to have your back like yourself, you that's know? True. And that's what will make you want to, if you believe in your brand and you love what you do, believe me, like, and you're a good person, that's going to come back to you tenfold. That's and that's, true. Um, that's really, yeah, that that's literally deep. what um, was in the back of my head when I was started up doing what I was doing. I thought, yeah. And look where you are now. We're trying out here. If there's anyone that you could say that proper inspired you, I mean, you've already mentioned how like your mum already um kind of, kind yeah, of steered you in that. that. Stuff like life experiences and 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 your um the environment that you grew up in that it makes you want to do more or do this and that. So yeah, that was a hundred percent. Like I didn't want to, like I want if like tomorrow if I have children one day I'd want them to have a different lifestyle to the one that I grew up with. It makes you want to work ten times harder. But in terms of like um influencers and people that i look like i look up to and stuff i think it's just going to be one of those cliche like rags to riches stories like there's so many inspirational people out there um who you know you don't want to necessarily be like but learn from them and there was along the way like there were people that i met uh clients that i met people that i meet um who have made an impact or an influence on my on my life and 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 that's what it is that like real life, real life influenced me and and made me want to um, just try harder. Really, not so much like oh Jay Z or Beyonce or J Lo. Like people yeah, like we it. admire all these people. Yeah, but I think everyday people that I met, like from all different walks of life, have inspired me in one way or the other. After um, uni, I was working in recruitment. I was working um, in finance and stuff, and I just thought this ain't going to be me for the rest of my life. Like for real, like this is just what I need to do to make my bit of money, to save, to do this and that. And as soon as you clock off, like your, your mind don't sleep. Like when you're a creative, like for real, like you be lying in bed and you could be watching like your favorite show, but your mind is still clicking and, and clocking onto other things and stuff. Mm. And it will work for, you. for real. If you do it with like full conviction in your heart, it will work for you. There's no way you can fail. Is there an end goal in mind or? Yeah. Like, this isn't it like and, and like, people are like oh no, it's so it's so nice that you work for yourself now like you've got that you're your own boss that luxury and I was like this is just not even where I even this is like the first step to where I want to be you know there's so many things that I've got in mind there's so many um more avenues within the industry that I want to go into and and you know further myself and better myself like you know I don't want to be in the same position five years from now or 10 years when it's important to keep especially being a creative and especially working for yourself and stuff you need to have those short-term goals and smash them those long set ones as well constantly your mind is what like it is it can't you can't rest like you just can't and those goals do you have them written down yeah for yeah. sure and yeah do you, do you keep them do you, do you, do you know what 
and this is like certain things that sometimes you do you want to you're proud of yourself you want to you're passionate about you like sometimes i do sit there and have conversations with people because i am passionate i want to tell them that this is what i want to do this is what i want to get into but more time like i feel like um it's better to keep things to yourself you know until unless you get the right people yeah you got people in the same mind frame who are, are people that are going to help you and you know have that same kind of energy you know and mm. and that kind of you know you need to it, i know it's cliche as it sounds but one thing for sure is you need to sit with winners not necessarily people that are wealthy like n- by no means what is it got to do with like that but in terms of people that have the same um a lot of the same views as you in terms of ambition and wanting to better themselves as people you know you can't be around stagnant people you can't be around people that are negative like believe me like you know it's just um that it's just not going to work it's going to bring you down for sure i remember having um, a conversation with my little brother actually um and one thing and it always sticks in my head you know it was like around the time that my dad passed away and me and him were just chilling we were talking having like a conversation he went to me he was literally like you know what's this he was just like um your energy and your personality treat it like currency he was like you you keep giving out giving out giving out and you ain't getting nothing back in return you need to cut those people it's like going out and you're always buying the rounds and no one's I love, I love that analogy. around you who's gonna like who's the one that's um at a loss you in it so he was like treat your mm. energy like that like it is precious like don't be giving out your energy and your and and that if you're not getting anything in return like and it is draining like it's draining and it, i always think about that like with what he said at then times because i did feel drained at that time like you know what i'm i'm helping this person with that and this person and people are running with my ideas and stuff it's like what am i doing like yeah. you know and yeah. i think that is so and he like i always think about that convo i always think about that convo sometimes and you just it's true like it literally is and the power of saying no when you know it's not yeah like, towards no, your yeah. goal as well i think sure. that's a massive thing as well where yeah. you need Amen. to yeah you need to have your circle your circle needs to be tight small yeah that's so wrong like an easy window is this going to be an r-rated podcast then yeah or, or are we going in that that area <laughs> in that direction yeah for the outtakes. <laughs> oh, it is. So one of our questions was actually, what can you give us some words of wisdom? But you've been dropping them, like. Dropping. Yeah, you've been dropping bare words of wisdom, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like there, there's supposed to be a segment of the show where it's like a Jerry Springer um, sort of reflection time where you could give some words of wisdom. I mean, yeah, you pretty much covered it. I think you know what? Let's let's lighten the mood up a bit. We've been going very deep, very you know motivational but like let's talk about your ends your favorite places so like where's your favorite place can you recommend a place in like barkingside where you you go to relax i'm not talking about like spas or anything but like (laughs) (laughs) yeah come to my salon I don't know, like the pub, maybe. That's my happy place. I like, you know, double JB and Coke, if anyone is um, there and you see me. But no, I don't know. Like, <laughs> not so much Barkingside, but London. Like, I, I always say to Ree and, and, and everyone, I'm like, do you know what? We live in the best city in the world, man. Like, I don't care what anyone Yeah, we do. 
that we live in the best city. Um, and yeah. We live in ends, fam. We live in ends. So yeah, no. For what sure. about you, Mike? Mike, do you have do you have like a recommend recommendation? Um, I lived in Walkerstow for half a year, and in Leytonstone, there's a place called Hollow Pond. Have you been there? It's near Whips Cross. Hollow Pond is not. But you can you can hire a boat. I'll take you for a boat ride one day, bro. Do you know what, actually? Yeah. <laughs> this, this whole COVID lockdown thing has made people appreciate the outdoors more. 100%. Like, in actually, oh, in, in Barkingside, there's a place called Furlock Waters, and it falls onto a golf course, and it is the most beautiful, green, scenic-ness. I don't know. During the first one, it was super hot. We used to go there for walks, like me and my girls and that, and it's just it's such a nice, um, it's an, it was a nice vibe. What about you? Well, I don't. I can't recommend anywhere in Dagenham just yet. Dagenham, <laughs> no, 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 Dagenham, man. The view. You want to get your house price up? Dagenham. Stafford. I mean, Dagenham. Dagenham. No, Southwark. With that micro Dagenham. <laughs> Do you have a micro in Dagenham? <laughs> I, you know what? I'm gonna say Queen Elizabeth Park because you right. know what? I take my kids there, and you know the bit where it's near like Copper Stadium and it goes towards Hackney. The, uh, it's really now. quiet and there's like a massive like um where you see the barges yeah it's near um four quarters four quarters that's it yeah if like you near there down, yeah you go to you get towards um basically that goes to hackney marshes okay Clapton, yeah yeah Bonds. basically you wouldn't think you're in east london when you get there to that bit because it's it's yeah. really like tranquil um you've got the the river um along with the barges and then you've got like just loads of loads of grassroots Cross. So many places, Everywhere. like low-key places. Do you, um, <laughs> all right, next, yeah, eat. Where's your favourite place in London to eat? Do you know what? There's this place. Um, Don't tell me that chicken shop in Wolfenstone. She keeps banging on about oh a chicken days. shop in Wolfenstone. Weston. Oh my, that's, that is phenomenal. Chicken shop in Wolfenstone. Weston. Yeah, Weston. Weston. Did oh, they deliver to Stratford? Oh, Wolfenstone. Is that right. the place? Okay, no, it's not that. Listen, I'm fancy. <laughs> I'm at a chicken shop. Yeah, it is very nice there. But do you know what is really, really nice? Like really nice. Um, in Good Maze, there's a um, it's like a Indo Chinese restaurant. So they're, I think they're they're Chinese, but they brought up from Calcutta. Something <laughs> Hindi, but they're Chinese people from Calcutta, and they can speak Hindi. And I think it's absolutely so fascinatingly cool that the waiter can speak Hindi. And his Chinese. Anyway, the food is so is so nice. It's like a fusion of Indian food and Chinese food. What's and it it's, called? So, it's called Yen Lin. Yen Lin. Good maze. It's Yen. so so good. good. It good looks man. like a canteen, and they won't even revamp it. Out. Been like that since I was like five. A lot of those there's tippies it's in so East Ham nice. like that, isn't it? There's a Thai. All the Thai places look like very humble yeah. looking. Like yeah, but it's really nice. Yeah. Where's your Where's your go to? <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much raving you do I'm now that you're running a pizza salon. But I'm not raving. When you When you have that day off, you know when you can bar favorite bar to mingle with friends i think recently like um when we could go out probably like um shoreditch and that kind of area central bar hopping i like beer gardens i'm more of a big i like to have a drink but i like to talk <laughs> i just hate nightclubs but like back in the day, like, I, I join you man i'm too bougie for that i'm more of a like a box park kind of place nice. where i can eat fancy and and drink mm. and stuff I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. And do you know what? There's nothing yeah. that beats I respect that. House party. I think a good house party yeah, beats any real. club. I club. love a, a good house party. This is what I was talking to someone about New Year's. When it gets late, so and then you all sit out in the garden. Yeah. 
Yeah. What about you? Uh, I mean, seeing as you're speaking about beer gardens, like there's actually uh Red Red Saloon. Oh, Red Red Lion. Red Lion, sorry, Red Lion. Yeah. Yeah, Saldo Saloon. They had a really nice beer garden. Yeah, like and um, a nice beer garden. But yeah, no, like that's where my parents are from, so I, I recommend that place. Nice. But if we're talking about Stratford, um, have you ever been to refreshment rooms, which is oh, just opposite McDonald's? That, that, that's on Broadway, isn't it? That used to be the old um, Stratford Broadway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It used to be like a... Stratford, and it's like the rooftop, and they've made it really quite quirky. Roof East. Yeah, have you been there? No, Every time I go there, I haven't been there yet. Did they do secret cinema up? They used to do secret yeah, cinema. They do. Yeah, they had yeah. a pop-up cinema thing there. The pop-up. They, yeah. yeah, they do that. So we've, all right, we're shopping then. So you're in beauty, you know. Yeah. You like to get the latest. Where was your best place to shop? <laughs> um, <laughs> in, what, in terms of like makeup. <laughs> makeup. In side. Barking side. Oh, okay. Where's your, where's your... So I'm super boring. Lakeside, babe. Okay. No, do you know why? <laughs> it's, it's, it's not so busy and the parking's free. Okay. <laughs> That's, <Fair> <laughs> That's why everyone goes say parking is free. The parking is free though, you know. But yeah, I do go to Stratford, Westfields a lot, but that's only because of convenience. It's not that far. And um, but yeah, it's just I hate shopping though. Fair dues. Yeah, to be fair. Where? What's, what about you, Jeff? I'm still there. What's, what's your London landmark? Um, I'm gonna keep it low. I'm gonna say like you know Thames Barrier Reef, like Pontoon Dock. Nice. If you go to the park there and you have a walk around near the on, on the oh, river, I think, what is it? it's so nice. It's so tranquil. It's, yes. and it's just it's very scenic, and then you can see, you can see like Tower Bridge. The guard they've got like this maze garden there, and like yeah. the maze looks amazing. Nice. But it's it's a very bougie, like oh, it's very yeah. residential. It's near London City Airport as well, so you can see people going on holidays. Yeah, not so much that. this year. Yeah, Plane do. watching. There is next to City Airport, and yeah, literally, yeah. you can see the plane take off from that. So you can go to Amsterdam, like you can literally get, get a cab and an Uber, and you're in Dam in like less than two yeah, hours. Yeah, it's so That's true. Oh my nice god, have you guys been to South End Airport? Is that yeah, building been, someone's man. backyard? But yeah. I, remember, I, I, I use South End to go Dam. It's so you're quick to get I started a conversation well. and I finished the conversation. I was in Amsterdam. That's mad. Thank you so much for today. Time cool. goes fast when we're having fun, of course, clearly. Um, <laughs> But uh, can you tell us anything that you're working on now that we should be looking out for? Because um, we know you are Jetsy, so we know you've gone abroad. We yeah. haven't even touched on that. And... Yeah. Um, <laughs> what am I working on? I'm working on a few things, but um, I'm bringing out a latch line. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's something that... Um, Where are you selling that online? Is it going so to be retailers? So online and also clients that when people come in for uh, makeup and that kind of thing. I'll be using my own brand. Have you got like social media set up for that? Not for the last time, but yeah, my um, hair and beauty page and that. Um, and which, so. What is that? Let us know the name. So Instagram, mm -hmm. The Beauty Room London, um, and Facebook as well. I've got a Facebook page. Um, literally, yeah. The Beauty Room London. Yeah, so. everything's on there. My work, um, treatment menus, everything. Cool. Um, and do you, where is cool. the, where are you based? Again, what's the address in Barkingside? So Barkingside High Street. Um, yeah, Barton's on High Street, the salon's based there. Thanks, Nisha. It's been an amazing first podcast. Um, oh, a lot of words of wisdom, which I'm happily, you know, absorbing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's what it's about. So thank you, Nisha.